Hello. Tom, say hello. Hello, Tom. I'm with Tom Emery, an English teacher who teaches online, and I'm going to ask him about that. Hello, Tom. Hello. So, you've been an English teacher for quite a long time, and nowadays you teach English on the internet. That's right. What do you prefer, teaching English in person or online? I prefer it online um, because it's very convenient for me and the students. We can have the lesson whenever we want to. We can use the internet, so we can use images and sound and text. It's very convenient for everyone involved. How long have you been teaching English online? On and off for about nine years. How long were you teaching offline? Um, about two years, I would say. What do you think is the downsides of teaching English in a classroom? The main problem is that you're dealing with more than one person. So if you're an oral English teacher, you can't actually engage with all of the students. Or if you do, you have very limited contact time with them. So you can't have a conversation with 10 to 20 people. It's just not possible. So the students are mainly listening and writing things down, which is not very useful when you want to learn how to speak. Have you ever tried like uh, online classes in small groups? I haven't tried it, but I think that um, you would have the same problem where the, the more students there were, the less contact time they would have. It gets tried, right? Yeah. Like online group talks. Don't you think like if the uh, teacher is just a kind of referee in a discussion, this could work online? It could do. But still, it's not very natural, and I think that it's better for people to speak to a native speaker directly instead of speaking to other non-native speakers, um, partly because it's strange to talk to someone who speaks your own language in English, and um, also you could adopt bad habits from the other learners. So where did you, when you've been abroad teaching, where have you gone? So I have taught English online uh, in China and Romania and here in the UK. And I taught in a classroom in, in, in a few schools in China. Where have your uh, like online students mostly been from? I would say about half of them are Russian. They're often computer programmers from Russia and they want to go to live in other countries like Australia or Canada and many of them are from East Asia, uh, particularly Chinese students who want to study in the UK, Australia or Canada. Also now, many are Brazilian, and they have 
jobs that involve interacting with English speakers. Do you find that students have a particular preference or a, a, a sense that some kind of way of talking is right or wrong? Yeah, they tend to think that there's a right and a wrong way to pronounce things. And um, when, when we should distinguish here between pronunciation and accent. So there can be a, there can be a right and a wrong way to pronounce things but other things are related to your accent. So, for example, often, well, yeah, often British people say often, except when they're speaking quickly, then they might say often. Hmm. But Americans always say often. Right. So sometimes um, students are unsure because of these different pronunciation styles and the accents. But um, in general... I would say that the about 50% of students like American English more, 50% like British English more, um, depending on what their future plans are mm. and also their personal preference. Do Most you, people. Do you get many um, non-native English speakers who have like Skype classes with other people such as Indians but they find it hard to understand the Indian English um, yeah I've heard that um, many of my students have teachers uh, from their own countries English teachers from their own countries um, who mainly help them with grammar and I think that's fine but I think at the same time um, sometimes these teachers make mistakes um, regarding usage and sometimes they teach their students language that is old-fashioned. Mm. For example, nobody says whom anymore. <laughs> um, at least I've almost never heard anybody using whom in my life. Also, um, many non-native English teachers don't understand phrasal verbs or idioms yeah, or cultural references. So they can help you with, let's say, the third conditional, and you can understand it, but um, maybe they won't help you to use it, and um, they're, they're missing out on the, on the cultural elements of the language. Are there any kind of common mistakes which grind your gears, irritate you? Uh, nothing irritates me irritate about you. language learning. You know, it's, we're all learners. We have to learn sometime. But um, one of the most common mistakes is when people say, I'm in the university or I went to the university instead of in university. So they, they use the article... Yeah. when they don't need to. 
I'm eating. I'm eating the lunch. That that could happen as well. Yeah. So many problems with articles, small words but very important. And um, also the past simple tense. Um, it always surprises me how people who are quite good at speaking English still have problems with the past tense. And how do you recommend that they get those problems right? Um, I would say you can, if you can't talk to a language exchange partner or a teacher, you can practice yourself by recording yourself on your phone and playing it back and listening to hear if you made any mistakes.、Hmm. That's useful partly because when you're recording yourself, the phone is listening to you. It feels like the phone is listening to you, so you don't feel like you're going crazy.、Um, also, you are paying more attention to what you're saying as well because someone's recording.、Hmm. And also, you can check later and、um, focus on it more. So yeah, I would recommend that as a form of training. A lot of people don't realize that you need to train if you have a weakness. If you if you are an athlete and you can't do one particular movement very well, then you train until you improve. But people, for some reason, don't do the same thing with language.、Mm. They don't approach language、um, as a sport, and and I think language is really like a sport, and you should train in the same way.、Mm. A lot of technology is changing,、yeah. and there's loads of apps, websites, different ways of learning languages, which are replacing, maybe replacing, teachers, or definitely、mm-hmm. replacing traditional teaching styles. What do you think of these changes?、Um, I think it will take a long time before these apps can translate accurately enough. For people to have decent conversations, at the moment it's difficult enough to use one of these apps to order some food in a restaurant. So imagine trying to make a business deal or teach someone、mm. physics. But saying that, they will improve. They will continue to improve, especially when、um, they can use, you know, big data. And、uh, use all of the language content that's available now on the internet.、Um, but I think at the same time, there will always be a role for a teacher,、uh, because、um, teachers understand culture、yeah. in the way in a way that computers can't.、Mm. Uh, they have that depth of experience. That allows them to understand,、um, let's say, a classic movie reference from the nineteen forties,、yeah. and understand it, put it in context, maybe enjoy a joke. You know,、um, computers don't have a sense of humor, either. Not yet. I've I've always thought, like, if language is to be used from a person to person communication. 
then to learn a language, you need a person yeah. to give you that insight. Yeah. Because a, a computer is never going to be able to give you practice of yeah. talking to a person. But yeah. When you go out into the real world and use the language you've learned, yeah. you're not going to be talking to computers. Yeah. You're going to be talking to people. That's right. And, and computers work by putting things into order and creating systems that have logic behind them. Mm. But a lot of language is not logical. Anybody who's used prepositions in English mm. will understand that. Um, advanced language learning is not like... I mean, I, I, I compare beginner language learning to building a house, and you put... The, the bricks are the words. You put the bricks in the right order, and eventually you can make sentences and communicate. But at the advanced level, language learning is like a jungle, and you are an explorer in the jungle. Mm. And there are lots of things that don't make sense. There are strange things, unusual things. And you need to just have a lot of experience with it. And that's fundamentally human and organic. Technology has also given us other opportunities, such as your ability to teach online, mm -hmm. go and live in different countries. You yeah. say you've done this in China, in done Romania. it in Romania. Yeah. Um, where's next? Well, I'm thinking of going to Portugal. Portugal is a common destination for digital nomads because Portuguese people are quite good English speakers. Um, also... It's quite a low cost of living there as well, mm. and they're quite they're quite flexible with people um, regarding visas. The 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 online English teacher seems like the perfect digital nomad kind of job. Yeah. What other kind of jobs do you think? Do you, do you know like I mean this is a this is a growing trend. People yeah. moving around the world. That's like them and their computer yeah and they they can exist they can live yeah what what are the other kind of industries or jobs which are suited to it i would say um online marketing uh, obviously there are a huge amount of sellers and a huge amount of buyers online and people with a laptop can be middlemen and um can connect the buyers to the sellers hmm. and um help an online company to, company to get noticed. Web developers are in high demand. Uh, things related to IT more generally, I would say. But I wouldn't say that being an online English teacher is a perfect job for a digital nomad because you don't make a lot of money and you're limited to where you can live. Hmm. So for example, I couldn't I couldn't afford to be a digital nomad in Norway hmm. or anywhere in the north of Europe or most places in the west of Europe, at least. So um, there are limits. If you were able to get in a situation where you had enough money from online teaching to sustain your life mm -hmm. and you don't need any kind of local job whatsoever, mm -hmm. would you find in most places in the UK or somewhere else you'd come up against, like, tax issues or legal questions about your employment status? Yeah, most governments are not ready yet for the phenomenon of 
digital nomadism, they haven't created the right tax brackets for digital nomads and for that reason many digital nomads don't pay tax. They just move from country to country and the government ignores them. So some governments are trying to find a way around this. But at the same time, in some popular digital nomad hubs, such as Thailand, the digital nomads are actually stimulating the local economy because they're paying for accommodation, they're opening bars and cafes and restaurants. They have a positive effect on the local economy, even if they don't pay much tax. We, we talk a lot about AI and the changing work yeah. and these days, and there are questions about um, four-day weeks or um, universal basic income mm -hmm. because of the anxiety that uh, computers and machines are going to take many people's jobs. What do you think the future of general work is? I mean, you, from one side, you're already kind of finding the new way. You yeah. know, um, but is is that because you see the future coming, or is it just a matter of circumstance? And do you think that those other fears are overblown, or what? Um, it, it's really difficult to say. I think that um, there will always be some kind of work for people to do. Most jobs nowadays didn't exist two hundred years ago. Mm. or even 100 years ago, probably. And new jobs are being created all the time. So, um, yeah, there will be new wants, new needs, new desires. So I think that people will continue to work. Um, but they might work yeah. in, in like more flexible styles, like, like yeah. what you do. Yeah, I, I think that um, what I do will become more common. For example, therapists... I think we'll use this a lot more. Mm, mm. Uh, anybody that just needs to talk to someone. Um, the knowledge economy is the main, uh, is the fastest growing aspect of most economies now. And knowledge can be communicated mm. and you can use modern technology to communicate. So, yeah, I think that there will be a lot of people doing what I'm doing now with teaching um, in their areas, in their areas of specialization, yeah. and it will become more common. But, you know, there are upsides and downsides. It, it's good not to have a boss. It's good to be flexible, but at the same time, you have no pension, and um, you're not guaranteed to make the same amount of money every year. Mm. And where do you, what platform do you normally teach on? I teach on italki, which is a, a Hong Kong-based company. I think it's Hong Kong. And uh, they're the, the number one teaching platform for languages online at the moment. All right. Thanks a lot, Tom. It's good to talk to you.